This is episode 17 of Teacher Approved. You're listening to Teacher Approved, the podcast helping educators elevate what matters and simplify the rest. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. We're the creators behind Second Story Window, where we give research-based and teacher-approved strategies that make teaching less stressful and more effective. You can check out the show notes and resources from each episode at secondstorywindow.net. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Let's get to the show. Hey there, thanks for joining us today. In today's episode, we're diving into the topic of spelling instruction, and we'll share a teacher-approved tip for keeping track of small sets of cards in your classroom. We start our episodes with a morning message, just like we used to do at morning meeting in our classrooms. This week's morning message is, tell us how long you've been teaching without telling us how long you've been teaching. So Heidi, show us. Uh, How about this? My listening center was on cassette tape when I first started, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I would use my scholastic bonus points every month to get new books on tape. That was the best way to build the library was with the bonus points. (laughs) How about you, Em? I used an overhead projector with my super cool translucent math manipulatives. Those were some of my most treasured teacher possessions, I have to say. Oh, those were coveted, and I wouldn't ever let the kids touch them. (laughs) For sure, no. (laughs) We have some responses from our audience. Jennifer said, I'm transparency and CD-ROM old. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts because it doesn't feel that old. (laughs) Lauren said, I had file folders for each color of letters that I die cut on the Ellison machine. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, that takes me back. (laughs) I was volunteering at my kid's school recently, and they are in a nice, like, new fancy school. And in the workroom, they had a die cut machine. Oh, It didn't look like it had been used very much, though. I will say that. Laura said, I used to have to enter grades manually by bubbling on a bubble sheet. Oh, man. I'm impressed. I missed that one. Mary said, I used a mimeograph ditto machine to make copies. The kids loved the smell of the paper. (laughs) I didn't have to do that as a teacher, but I remember that definitely as a kid. Me too. (laughs) Martin said, I survived bottle flipping and fidget spinners. Congratulations (laughs) on making it through that difficult time. Feels like there should be a, a merit badge for that one. Yes. Heather said, monthly subscription to Mailbox Magazine. Oh, I lo- that was such a good magazine. I know. <laughs> we had many treasured copies of those. Yes. And lastly, Steve said, I use chalk on a chalkboard, which automatically dates you a lot. I never used a chalkboard as a teacher, but I do remember clapping erasers outside at school when I was in sixth grade. So. My first classroom had a chalkboard, and I hardly ever used it because I hate writing on ch- – I hate the chalk feel so and much. And that building wasn't even that – Oh, no, right. It was, it was pretty new. It was That's only a couple crazy. years old. <laughs> wow. Well, we'd love to hear your responses to our morning messages, and you can find those over on Instagram at Second Story Window. As a new teacher, I tried lots of different approaches to spelling, but I couldn't find anything that I felt actually taught kids to be better spellers. But I had a list of what I wanted. I felt that with an ideal spelling program, Children would internalize basic spelling patterns, learn strategies that help them spell or read any word, make connections among words in many ways, be engaged in the process and have an opportunity to exercise choice, that they would be able to master words and spelling patterns that can be generalized to other words, that they could quickly and efficiently transfer spelling words to their writing, and that they would be challenged at their individual levels. Kind of sounds like a unicorn. (laughs) And I really don't know 
if such an ideal spelling program is possible. But we think we've gotten pretty close with what we call chunk spelling. Isn't it such a catchy name? (laughs) (laughs) Even typing it when we were making these notes, I was like, oh. Why did we do that? We did, so. (laughs) And that's because chunk spelling is exactly what it sounds like. We focus on a chunk or a word family for the whole week. But it's not just me handing out a list of word family words. The effectiveness of chunk spelling comes from having the kids generate the words they'll be studying. Why don't you break it down a little bit, Emily? So to start, we have students begin working on developing a word list independently. So we give each student a small strip of paper with the week's chunk on it and a sheet of paper in three columns. Or they can just use a page in their notebook, which is what we trained our kids to do, how to divide their page into three columns. And then they also have a sheet we call a soundboard. So on one side of the soundboard, there's all the possible consonants. And then on the other side, there's the beginning digraphs and blends. Then the students start by placing the chunk next to the first consonant, B. So if our chunk this week is in, we'd have made the word bin. If students recognize that word, they write it in the first column of their paper. They continue down the soundboard, pairing the chunk and the consonants to see what words they can make. For in, they'd have bin, fin, pin, tin. You get the idea. So we call the words that start with one consonant our little words. And those all go in the first column. Then they flip the soundboard over and they start on the list of medium words. Those words begin with a blend or a digraph. For the word chunk in, these words would be words like chin, grin, and thin. And then they list those words in the middle column of their paper. At the beginning of the year, you'll want to take the time to model this process for them. And then try a few weeks where you do it all together. And then they should be ready to complete the process on their own with some support from you. After using the soundboard with the suggested beginning letters, then comes the challenge of big words. And big words are where the magic happens. For in, we'd have words like print and window, but not train or making that have in in the spelling, because in those words, the in pattern doesn't make our target sound of in. It can be kind of a tricky distinction for kids to get. Second graders are supposed to work with compound words, prefixes, and suffixes. Chunk spelling gives them a real-life reason to do so. So we can talk about turning instant into instantly and win into winning. Once the kids have had a chance to make a good start on their word lists, we switch to generating a whole class list. I post a giant chart paper with the header, If you can spell pin and grin, you can spell... And then there's just a bunch of blanks with the in chunk listed in the three columns. The kids give their suggestions for words and we fill it out together a column at a time. This part of the process is so important because it gives the opportunity for students to be introduced to new words they may not have encountered yet. As a teacher, you get to see what words your kids know and then you get an opportunity to clear up any misconceptions. For example, you may have a student that suggests a word that sounds right but isn't actually spelled with this week's chunk, that it becomes a big problem when you're working on those long vowel patterns. Yes. That can be spelled so many different ways. Or they may have a word that is spelled right, but is pronounced a different way. These opportunities to dive into the nuances of spelling different words just comes up naturally in this method. At the beginning of the year, you'll want to take the time to model this process and then try a few weeks where you do it all together. 
but then they should be ready to complete the process on their own just with some support from you. Now, there's a reason why we're talking about spelling in the middle of summer, if you're listening to this right after it airs. If you want to do chunk spelling next year, one thing you can do this summer is to prep all your charts and word chunk cards ahead of time. If you don't want to deal with weekly charts, you can easily project them from the computer, but we like having the chart posted all week for reference. If you need or want to do a weekly spelling list for the kids to practice, the completed charts can be used to generate that weekly list. We did it where the kids choose all 10 of their own words, so each child has a totally unique list, but this is a very flexible system. I've heard of teachers working as a class to choose five words for everyone to put on their lists, and then the kids chose five words of their own. Some teachers work as a class to make one list that everyone uses. That still provides the element of choice, even if it's not completely individualized. If you have to use words from a certain program, you could make part of the list from the required words and part from the class chunk list. There's just a lot of ways to make it meaningful for your little spellers. We focused on 10 words each week. Because if the kids are working at an appropriate level of difficulty, 10 words is plenty. We sometimes, maybe frequently, get questions from teachers who feel like 10 is too few. A lot of times if you're looking for published spelling lists, you'll see something like 10 main words, 5 challenge words, and then 5 bonus words or something similar to that. But is that really pushing kids to be better spellers or is it just giving them busy work? We have to make sure that we're not confusing assigning more work with assigning challenging work. And I think I'm a little salty about this because spelling has always been easy for me. So as a kid, I had to do the full 20 or 30 spelling word list, but at least half of those words were just busy work. And clearly I still have a lot of resentment over it. (laughs) And why haven't our spelling words progressed from what I was doing in the 80s and 90s? We shouldn't still be doing spelling lists this way. Our students practiced their words all week, and then we did have that traditional Friday spelling test. Because our kids all had individual lists, we trained them to give each other spelling tests. And it took about six weeks till we had them fully trained. So it definitely takes some work to get up and running, partially because you're only practicing it once a week, so it's not a skill you can practice every day. (laughs) However, you can easily continue with whole class tests if that works better for you. Because the goal is for kids to spell that week's chunk correctly, you could decide the minimum that you expect every kid to master. Perhaps it's the 10 easiest words, and then test everyone on those. Or you could give more challenging words with the expectation that everyone should at least spell the chunk correctly, even if they don't know the whole word. But I wouldn't recommend doing a whole class test of only big words Because developing spellers can't always hear the chunk in a multisyllable word, picking out every sound in a word can take some kids a while to develop, and we don't want to penalize them for their growing skills. Right. So this is how we did chunk spelling in second grade. So if you want to do this in first but need to simplify things, you could focus your efforts on just the first two columns where words are built using just the beginning consonants and beginning blends and digraphs, and you would just skip the big words. We like to have students generate word lists independently, but to make things easier, you could work as a whole class to generate the list from the get-go. You'll also want to choose mostly short vowel word chunks to focus on for younger students. One way that you can generate the list altogether is that instead of giving them chunk cards and sound words, you can write all the beginning consonants and blends on index cards, 
and hand each kid a card or two, then ask who has a card that could make a word with the chunk for that week. If you want to increase the difficulty of chunk spelling for third or fourth grade, you can use more challenging chunks with fewer small and medium words, but lots of the big words. So for example, the word dream would be in the medium word list for the chunk eem, but then you can make most nouns plural by adding an s or an es to make the word dreams. Verbs will have different tenses like dreaming, dreamed, and adjectives can often be comparatives like dreamy, dreamier, dreamiest. Plus there are all the compound words like daydream and dream time. It's important for kids to see how knowing a small word can help you build so many other big words. And the really great thing about this method is that it's so adaptable for your class needs and you can differentiate easily within those needs in your classroom. And even if you don't send a weekly spelling list or do weekly spelling tests, this exercise of investigating words together is incredibly powerful and well worth your time. If we go back to our characteristics of that unicorn ideal spelling program, you'll see that chunk spelling fits every component. So that list again was that with an ideal spelling program, children would internalize basic spelling patterns, learn strategies that will help them spell or read any word, make connections among words in many ways, be engaged in the process and have an opportunity to exercise choice, master words and spelling patterns that can be generalized to other words, quickly and efficiently transfer spelling words to their writing, and be challenged at their individual levels. With chunk spelling, kids are seeing that words are composed of predictable and recognizable patterns. Chunk spelling works by using what's known to build what's unknown. By using small chunks to build bigger words, kids are learning how to extend the simple words they know to the more complex words they're learning. But it also helps in the opposite way. It's helping kids recognize that big words aren't just walls of letters. They're composed of smaller words and syllables. Chunk spelling gives them the skills to decode unknown words in their reading and to sound out the words they need for writing. While traditional spelling practice is typically dry and boring, chunk spelling is a dynamic process. Everyone is involved in generating the list, and everyone has some say in the words that are chosen. The aspect of choice creates a sense of ownership and increases engagement in learning how to spell. The three tiers of words make it easy to differentiate spelling practice. In a single class, some kids will be struggling with cat, while some kids are ready to spell caterpillar. With chunk spelling, kids are able to be challenged at their own levels, but there's not any kind of hierarchy. We're all working with the same chunk and from the same group of words. We're just approaching it in 25 different ways. If you're interested in learning more about chunk spelling, check out the show notes where we link to a blog post that has pictures and videos that will walk you through all the components, and we give you lots of tips about how to set up this system in your classroom. Or if you want to save yourself a whole ton of time, we offer a chunk spelling bundle in our shop that makes it so easy to implement in your classroom. The chunk spelling system includes over 80 common word family chunks with all the materials you would need for each one, and you can pick and choose exactly which chunks you want to use. We also have a line of word family worksheets that correlates perfectly with our word family chunks. There is a link to this in the show notes as well. And don't hesitate to reach out with any questions you might have about chunk spelling or anything else. You can find us on Instagram at Second Story Window, and that's with a two, or come join us in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. 
Now let's talk about this week's teacher-approved tip. Each week we leave you with a small, actionable tip that you can apply in your classroom today. This week's teacher-approved tip is use baseball card sleeves in a binder to store cards you want to reuse from year to year. Heidi, tell us some more about this. So if you aren't a baseball card collector, maybe you don't even know these exist, (laughs) but baseball card sleeves are like page protectors with nine little pockets. So to store our word chunk cards that we use to generate their lists each week, we printed the cards on cardstock to make them a little more durable, and then we stored each week's cards in their own labeled pockets. So if you collect the word chunk cards after the kids use them, and I just trained them to like put them all on the back table, you can reuse them for at least three or four years till you need to replace them. And I learned the hard way to wrap each set of cards in their own rubber band Like the cards are little, so I just use like the little hair rubber bands before putting them away because otherwise if you pick up your binder the wrong way, you suddenly have word chunk confetti. Been there. (laughs) (laughs) Baseball card sleeves also work to store any kind of card that you might need to reuse. So if you are doing word sorts with your students and you want like a sample sort to introduce the word sort each week, you can make it once and then store them in those labeled baseball card pockets and just have them every year. So you never have to make it again. Any kind of small group math game or really anything with small cards you want to save for another use, just store perfectly in these little pockets. And even if you have bigger cards, there's usually some kind of like a photo album page that would fit in a binder that you can store larger things in. It's just so handy and easier than file folders for things like cards. Yes. And we will put a picture in the show notes for this if you can't quite picture what it looks like. To wrap up the show, we're sharing what we're giving extra credit to this week. Heidi, what are you giving extra credit to this week? Well, with all this talk of chunk spelling made me remember mom. And so I'm giving extra credit to our mom because in the summer she would make us the weekly chunk spelling posters. So 36 for each of us with the great, great big, you know, like the three foot long posters. And then she would also cut out word cards for us every few years when I would need them. I'd be like, okay, print me another set on cardstock. And then she would print and cut them for me, and that just saved me so much time. I don't know if she's available for hire, but maybe it'd be worth (laughs) checking out. If you're in the northern Utah area, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) What about you, Emily? What's your extra credit this week? Well, we just got back from a few days up in the mountains with our family, and Heidi planned a whole bunch of really fun Harry Potter-themed activities for my kids to do while we were up there. And it really made the weekend so fun. My kids are super into Harry Potter right now. And it broke up the time between going to the swimming pool and having snacks. (laughs) So I'm giving extra credit to Heidi for all her hard work on our little family getaway. That was a sweet surprise. Thank you. And I had fun being the auntie and we made pretzel ones and made... What are those plants called? Mandrakes (laughs) out of clay. (laughs) So it was fun for me too. That's it for today's episode. Give chunk spelling a try in your classroom. And don't forget today's teacher-approved tip for utilizing baseball card holders for storage. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating and review in your podcast app. Reviews are so helpful for podcasters. See you next week. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Approved. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your podcast app so that you never miss an episode. You can connect with us and other teachers in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. We'll see you here next week. Bye for now. Bye.